Hello, everybody. Thanks for checking out the Direct Input Podcast. Today is Monday, June 12th in the great, phenomenally weird year of 2017. I always feel like I'm going to forget what year we're in whenever I say that. But hey, here we are, right? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm solo today, okay? It's just me. I'm out here in Spencer doing my thing. Um, hopefully, uh, the, um, the, um, the, um, fuck to um ratio today that I am well versed with uh, does not exceed more than 50 counts. If anybody out there wants to tally up my fuck fucking or fucked count, by all means, go for it. Because I'm really good at doing those when uh, I do these single ones by myself and all. Um, you know, nobody to really bounce shit off of. And here I am just raving and ranting with my uh, naked fucking ego for all you cocksuckers to fucking analyze and fucking dissect and Worship and destroy if you choose to. So, you know, do what you got to do. But, you know, hey, it's springtime, right? It fucking, it got like 90 degrees today. I'm inside with the AC. And, uh, yeah, summer's going to be here soon. And I uh, figured I'd check in on you. little spring check-in. Um, you've been following the podcast. I typically do it every four months. No, every three months, right? Because there's four seasons in a year and there's 12 for fucking months a year, right? Durr. So, yeah, every three months I try to check in give you a little report about um shows that i've seen some good albums i've picked up and maybe a movie or two you should probably check out okay so that, that's where i'm at um last time i did this was over at brian's house and uh cheers to brian fucking that was a good episode we've had a few other over at jay's since then i just said jay's i meant brian's <laughs> we uh we had jay blazedell come through talked about conspiracy theories for about two hours Fucking always a great fucking time. Jimmy Foster was in the house. We talked about um, a, a wide variety of shit. You know, a lot to do with the history of Massachusetts rock. Um, everything from Godsmack to Gangsta Bitch Bobby um, to bands like, you know, Abnormality and stuff. I've known Jimmy for a while and very insightful dude. He's been around the block and it's always an interesting uh, perspective to, to consider. Because uh, Jimmy's not like a hardcore fucking metal guy. And, uh, yeah, check that one out. So a lot of people said that was actually one of the funniest ones they've heard in quite some time. Well, that was good. Uh, Andrew Paquita, fucking phenomenal guest that we had fucking uh, about a week and a half ago down in New Bedford. Um, fucking another two-hour fucking episode, which covered, a, again, a, another wide variety of uh, metal and conspiracies, um, you know. Typical talk of Andrew and I, a lot of UFO talk. Um, if you've ever gotten work from Andrew, like a tattoo, obviously, um, it's pretty accustomed to what you'll talk about. And I encourage everybody to go there. I, I totally vouch on Andrew 100 fucking 10%. I think he's a supreme artist and one of the best tattooers in the state, let alone New England, by far, by far. Um, some of the other bands we I, I checked in with um, – in the past block was Pink Mass from New Jersey, which was a fucking riot of a time. Um, the fucking self-described pansexual, sadomasochistic, porno grind, pervert grind, whatever, <laughs> whatever they're doing. Fucking that, that was fucking that was a good episode. Fucking uh, definitely uh, one of the more entertaining live shows I've seen this season. Uh, that went down at Ralph's, and uh, yeah, that's in there. That's ex- Episode 33, and then the Young Guns and and uh, Garotted, they came through for, uh, I think there was a headline in that night over at uh, Ralph's, I can't remember, that's episode 31. Definitely check out Garotted, up and coming bands, I only say that because they're really young, they're under 21, I think they're actually pretty uh, seasoned for what they're doing right now, and uh, yeah, once they get that first full length under their belt, maybe they got another EP up their sleeves, I'm not sure what's going to happen, but um a lot of good things coming forward with Garotte. You should be excited to hear them. Um, <clears throat> one of the other bands, actually one of the last bands I uh, released for an episode was Decrepit Birth. Uh, Brian and I met up together down at Hartford Death Fest and got in the van. Did a good 45 minutes with the fellas over some uh, Gorilla Glue. <laughs> and... Um, yeah, good time. Fucking haven't been to, to Hartford in a minute, right? Fucking, so I'll, I'll jump into that more or less. Hanging out with Decrepit Birth is sort of one of those things I've been doing for like the past 10 years. 
I toured with them back in 2008 with um, back when uh, the Faceless released Planetary Duality. I was playing Session for Naraxis straight out of Montreal. <laughs> and um, yeah, we were on tour with uh, Vela Maya, the Faceless, and uh, Abigail Williams. And uh, Decrepit Birth was in there, and Decrepit Birth were my homies, because I, I love that band. I think they're fucking, you know, one of the most talented fucking, you know, death metal bands at it right now. Um, good mix of technical shit that's not fucking... Some of you guys say it's wanky. I don't think it's wanky. I think it's perfect. If you look... I don't... I'm not like a big fan of the band Death, really, to be honest. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Death, but I'm not going to fucking bleed my, uh, bleed my hat out over Chuck and nothing like that. Um... It's nothing personal. It's just I don't know. I just I just I like decrepit birth, you know. But they're like, Jesus, fucking turn on the fucking decrepit birth. The type of fucking band that uh, to me couldn't really be a band if it wasn't for death. And uh, you might call them a second generation fucking thing, but they had that West Coast style of just that unrelenting brutality that you know got you a spot on fucking unique leader back in the day. And I've just always been kind of partial to their blend. Because they can fucking be brutal and fucking get up there and headbang like any other fucking badass band. But then they can fucking shred it up and make me fucking interested. Plus, there's good bass playing, too. Mr. Sean Martinez. You guys have a new album out. Um, I'm going to fucking... Axis Mundi. That's the name of it. Boom. Beautiful. I'm in there. In the zone today. Fucking Axis Mundi. Fucking... It does sound like a club night, right? Fucking... But, uh... No, it isn't. <laughs> Axis Mundi. <laughs> Uh, that came out on fucking Nuclear Blast, America, and Agonia Records in Europe. Um, so, yeah, it just dropped. They're out there supporting it. They just finished up their leg of a tour with uh, Cryptopsy, who was out there playing None So Vile in uh, the start to finish. Track for track. I think it was about a 10, maybe 11 song uh, set. Um, there was some old stuff. I believe they opened up with something off a of book of suffering. They were going into, I think it was like pathological frolic of fucking memories of blood. Um, right after that, which is an older track from Blasphemy Made Flesh. Very partial myself to the first two Cryptopsy albums, as well as that, um, the demo, Ungentle Exhumation, which is worth anybody's time. Uh, but like many other, uh, of my peers, I considered that, um, uh, None So Vile's the... The pure reason why I really got inspired to fucking do death metal, uh, particularly just brutal, technical, sort of in-your-face fucking um, breakdown slam fucking brutal shit, you know? All the Montreal bands kind of have a knack for being a little technical, and um, Cryptopsy always did it in a way that was fucking mind-bending to me, and it really changed my perception on music, and above all else, forced me to fucking play harder, faster adapt to the times, uh, you know, it's pretty fundamentary fucking at this point in the game, I think None So Vile, I think that's a pretty essential album, I think a lot of people that don't even like the brutal death metal shit that I just into metal in general, they'll fucking be all over None So Vile, because it's, it's just that good, it's a fucking masterpiece, um, not a dull track on it, and just flawlessly one of, um, the finest four-piece albums I think you'll ever hear, um, the knock on this tour was, um, it was Flo and the Boys, now, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think the band's fucking tight as fuck. I love Ollie. He's good. He's a good star. He's a good, great player on the bass. Um, you know, he's got a, a whole wide range of bands that he plays with. Um, I can't think... I mean, <laughs> Eric Langlois is a great player, but I think Ollie's better. I mean, he might not be the original dude, but he's just a better player. You know, it's... You know, Ollie cuts his teeth, you know, fucking none so vile. was fucking probably released the year that kid was born. No lie, you know? Like, fucking... Young Guns. But in the end, fucking, uh, I don't take anything away from them for doing that album. It's been like 20, 20 years since it dropped. I saw, it had to be probably four different appearances on the, on the previous time they did it with Lord Worm. Um, so of course they're going to get my money. I went to fucking Manchester and fucking, uh, Hartford to see this tour two nights in a row. And, um, I, I don't know. I mean, fuck, I'm happy hearing it. And, all right, you want me to get critical on it? I think um, the singer there was a little... He, he took liberties a little bit with the vocals. And with Lord Worm, when you're replicating Lord Worm vocal patterns and lyrics and everything like that, to say that you're taking liberties with that is kind of a fucking statement because Lord Worm's fucking all over the place, bro. And, you know, 
<laughs> I'm not exactly hoping to be perfect, but there's certain patterns that you hear from those vocal lines that it's fucking it. That's what's catchy. And admittedly, I, I didn't hear some of them. I was kind of looking forward to it. Two nights in a row. And I know this starting off. It was literally the first two nights of the tour. And if you're anybody and you're out there in a the band, you know the first probably second nights is going to be the roughest of the of the event, of the whole occasion, so to say. So I'm not going to really mock them down too much for that. Would I go see it again for 20 bucks? Yeah, I would. All right. So I got a new updated fucking none so vile long sleeve. So you got my money there too. Boom. Fucking, um, yeah, I, I graduated to an XL. Fucking last time I saw him 10 years ago, I was a slender medium. <laughs> Bought that one. I think it was uh, up in Montreal. It had like the Canadian cut too. So it's a little bit more fucking European feeling. <laughs> they don't make fat guys like us in Europe, right? <laughs> um, so yeah, we went to Manchester, the bungalow bar. That's the name of the new one up there, the bungalow bar. I drove up there with Sam, guitar player, Abnormality. And upon our ride up there, it dawned on me that I had not been to a show in Manchester, New Hampshire in about 10 years. Um, the bomb shelter had to been the last spot, and believe it or not, it was actually Cryptopsy. It was Cryptopsy, I think, in 2005. It was the last time I saw a show in Manchester. So, and then we and we even drove by Bedford too on the way up there. That's where Mark's show place was, which is where it kind of took over for uh, the bomb shelter after the untimely demise. Uh, Mark's show place, if you're unfamiliar, um, about you know again 10 years ago, it was the uh, metal fucking club for um, New Hampshire. And it was um it was half strip club, half fucking um you know rock club or whatever. Uh, the place sucked. All right, the strip club was fucking you know it's nice and all right. Oh, you're in New Hampshire, you get to smoke fucking cigarettes or whatever. But dude, it's fucking lame. All right, and anybody who's been there will tell you that it's the same thing. These broads up there, Max Show Place. This is like a New Hampshire state law. You gotta wear pasties on the nipple. All right. So you ain't seeing no fucking nipple. It's just a pasty. Plus, they don't fucking take the bottoms off. So what the fuck am I doing here? I'm just looking at some fucking, you know, overabundance of fucking tits. You know, like it's not even a, a, a fucking... I don't even feel like calling them tits because there's no nipple. It's just like this weird fucking... You ever seen a pasty on a nipple? It's just unnatural. It just, just doesn't feel right. Fucking, I don't know. It's just very peculiar. <laughs> and they thought that would be the big draw. You sit down and you get fucking... Fucking bane for like fucking eleven dollar fucking rum and coke or some bullshit. Fucking eight dollar beers and fucking you're sitting there. Uh, next door, the rock club itself fucking sucked too. All right, they would always overbook it. Fucking and they had some makeshift PA in the corner, nowhere to fucking sit. They had like twenty fucking pool tables. Of course, they'd yell at you if you, God forbid, would lean on one. <laughs> you know, let alone put your drink on it. No reentry. So you know, smoking pot was a fucking not really an option in between bands. And, uh, <laughs> above all else, I think, like, you weren't allowed to mosh there either. Like, fucking, uh, even headbanging was, like, enforced. They didn't want you to do that there. And to make matters even more fucking stupid, if you were a band playing there, this is still a law in New Hampshire. You can't drink beer on stage in New Hampshire, all right? So all you fucking live for your die, motherfuckers. Personal liberty, man. Yeah, go fuck yourself, fucking, you guys. Take up your fucking guns and fucking make a stand about drinking beer on stage, all right? My God. Fucking, what an absinthe. Uh, just fucking, what's the word for that? Absinine, absinthe, whatever the fuck you want to call it. It's fucking a dumb rule. Fucking, I can't believe that. No beers on stage. Fuck off. Ugh. Anyways, bungalow bar. Not that bad. Fucking step up. Fucking step up. They got a full fucking menu there. Uh, you know, fucking get yourself a burger, pizza, chicken f uh, fingers, the whole bar food sort of thing, you know. Probably a salad if you're a vegetarian. You get that too. Uh, they had two different bars. One had kind of fancy beers, and then the other had, like, PBR for, like, five bucks, tall boys. You know what's weird? They don't fucking open up a beer for you up in New Hampshire. What's up with that? Every beer I order, they don't even crack it for you. That's just kind of hack, in my opinion. You, you know, come on. I hear about you food service people, how much money you make, the, the this long, prosperous life of 20 to $30 an hour. But the least these people up there could fucking do is, you know, open a fucking beer container, you know? Christ, just crack the fucking thing. I, I don't want your fucking grubby hands all over you. you know, but, I don't know, this is kind of hack. It's not even doing your job. I could, I could take the beer out of the fridge. It's your privilege to fucking open it for me. Christ, that's, that's, I'm the customer. It's all about me. What do you want me to do? Come on. 
Um, the sound up there sucked, though. All right, you guys. I don't know what they were thinking. I don't think they were thinking. I, I, then again, too, I think, I think a band like Cryptopsy, they're experienced enough to know that they're not going to get the best board every night. And unfortunately, you know, a Friday night up there, I don't think they were working with more than maybe 12 channels on, on the mixer. I don't know what the hell happened. I don't know what the wattage was. The Crepe Birth took quite some time to get up there and get situated. Um, you know, I don't know. It's no fault on the bands. I kind of expect your sound guy who's employed to fucking be good at his job, to be good at his job and, and figure that out. I'm not saying this guy wasn't fucking, he wasn't horrible, he wasn't phenomenal, but I don't know. It just seems like a lack of preparation. It's a real bummer when you're up there, like, trying, you all amped to see a band, and you got to watch them set up their shit for fucking, you know, 30 fucking minutes or something, all because of some inadequate channel setting or whatever you want to call it. I don't know. I think the Crepe Birth, though, might have been the only band that kind of had something bad pop off that day. But yeah, um, so yeah, I'd recommend going to Bungalows. I think it's going to get better. I think it's worth your time. Um, there is re-entry. New Hampshire has decriminalized marijuana, by the way. Um, Manchester is a little bit tough to hang. You're going to have a couple gangs and all that fucking bullshit up there. So, hey, do what you do. Be safe. Be smart. Fucking, um, and yeah, I'd go there again. I probably would. I wouldn't go there just for anything, but... You know, a $15 show, I think, is is a fair price for that venue and what it's doing. $10 is even better. $10, I'll be there fucking more often. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, I think you're going to see more touring uh, packages end up up there. Uh, the day after, we went down to Hot for Death Fest. Brian and I, from Neckbreaker, executive producer of Direct Input Podcast, Brian Thompson, very cool dude who was kind enough to bring me down to Bear's Smokehouse Barbecue Joint somewhere in some obscure mall in Hartford. Very good barbecue. I recommend going there. Bear, like a fucking predator bear. <laughs> fucking, um, yeah, go check that one out. That was good. That was good. Thank you, dude. Uh, we got there early because we jumped on the obituary bus, did about a half hour with Mr. Donald Tardy for uh, an episode of Netbreaker. I was fortunate enough to uh, co-host on that one. I'm not sure what the link is on that. I'll probably get that up there in the link. Pretty cool interview. Talked with Don about, you know what Don Toddy fucking raises? Like, he fucking, he didn't even raise them. He, he feeds, like, 150 feral cats down in Florida, like, every day, twice a day. That's fucking nuts. <laughs> Him and his girl, that's what they do. It's, it's like a trap neuter thing or something like that in return. I think that's what it's called. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I found that fascinating. Don's a cool dude. I didn't even know he played drums with Andrew WK. So, you know, hey. Here we go, fucking. Um, but overall, and then we we did the 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 um, decrepit birth interview after that. Overall, hot for death fest. <sighs> hard sell, hard sell. Uh, I know what I'm in for. I've been going for the Webster. Um, the Webster Theater is uh, a. I don't know. I don't want to call it a shithole, but it's a fucking pain in the dick. All right. Uh, the re-entry is the, the number one biggest and most obvious problem that they have. When you're, a, I mean, this is, we're talking about eight hours at a fucking festival, all right? I, I can't fucking be in one place like that for that long. I'm going to have to go outside, you know, obviously, smoke something. But, um, dude, like, it's $7 beers, you know, it's like 5 bucks for a pretzel or some shit. Like, it's just brutal. One of, the, one of the bands there, one of the local bands, I forget their name, apologies, they got robbed. Because fucking, you know, I think somebody was working the fucking, just casing it more or less, understand the schedule, and fucking, maybe these guys weren't exactly the brightest band of the bunch, and they let the bunch of shit exposed or whatever, I don't know what the fuck happened, but like, you know, they got robbed. Simple simple solution to prevent that from happening is fucking re-entry, because I don't think, you know... <laughs> I don't think everybody would have lasted a full day, you know, in there. Nobody wanted to last a full day. Let the people stretch their legs for fuck's sake. I know you got to cut corners and make money somehow, and you probably employed more people to fucking make money, at your beverages and all that, because you don't want to pay everybody to pat them down. But, uh, uh, I don't know. I just don't, I don't, I'm just not feeling shows with fucking no reentry. It's, you know, it's a practical fucking thing. I don't care if it starts at fucking nine at night, you know, or ten at night. I want to go outside. I want to get some fresh air. Fuck off, you know? Um, you know, overall, I mean, it's the, it's the Webster. It's, you know, you're paying fucking $7 a beer on average. Shorts were uh, about that same, I think. 
They're about the same. And what's worse about this is that they make you fuck. They, you're confined. If you're drinking a beer or any alcoholic beverage at the Webster Theater, you cannot step beyond a fucking line. Like, you're basically enclosed, like, like corralled and fucking entrapped in this fucking, like, pig pen-like area. And it just kind of fucking creates this odd vibe for the club because nobody's really up front. The, you know, your drunk people are, like, really into it, actually going to be fucking, uh, fucking, you know, fired up. Yeah, they're, like, just refined to, like, you know, the very back of the fucking club, you know? And it doesn't really sound that good back there. What do you want me to do? I'm gonna keep complaining about this. Christ, I even at the underground, the fucking the side stage that they got there. They don't let you stand in front of the fucking um the stage with a bear. And they had some fucking goon security dude fucking who started grabbing me because I was doing a Facebook live video fucking um during the crap uh, birth. It's like and he told me those oh Facebook lives not allowed here. Fuck off. Fucking like this is bullshit. <laughs> like, are you gonna get a press pass to fucking go on your phone now? To take a fucking picture or just, uh, whatever? Is that the world's come to? I mean, I know it's... I understand the whole live streaming thing, but they ain't exactly like they're disclaiming it fucking when you walk in there. Maybe if the guy patted me down and said, Hey, don't fucking Facebook live today. We'd appreciate it if you didn't. I, I'd respect it. I, I honestly would respect it. But, I don't know. It's just something about fucking security guys telling you not to do something. And it just makes me want to fucking do it even fucking more. So, I, I don't know. I don't know. The Webster's always a buzzkill. That's my review for that one. <laughs> fucking, the best part was Goratory came back. And, um, before I get to Goratory, I got to bring up, um, the fact that I saw Angel Corpse at once. Once Ballroom in Somerville. Fucking uh, definitely one of the fan favorite venues in New England right now. Um, one of the best venues that's run by far. I mean, it's without a doubt, it's a forest bias type venue. They're not going to take your weed if you walk in there. You know, you're encouraged to go outside if uh, you have to, you know, get some fresh air. <laughs> you know, uh, very good beer list. Craft beers, local beers, reasonably priced exotic beers you never heard of, heard before, whatever, you know. Um, but still, it's it's like, you know, it's got the whole ballroom feel to it. So, you know, it's got a nice fucking dance floor uh, that was extremely fucking slippery by the end of the night. Uh, the bill itself was stacked. A pillion from uh, uh, Portland, Portland, Maine opened up. It was my first time seeing them, death metal bands. I liked them a lot. Kind of old school-ish, I guess you could call it. I don't know. <laughs> it sounds like they play an E. If a band, if you get a death metal band playing an E, I'm like, eh, kind of old school, you know? <laughs> it ain't about fucking really farting and nothing like that. It's just about being evil and fucking fast. And I like the pillion. I thought they're cool. Uh, Witch King followed up. Always one of my favorite bands. Always a pleasure to see the fellows evolve over the years. Been seeing Witch King since they were high school kids. And nowadays they're... Uh, Achieving bloated alcoholic level. <laughs> okay, see, losing your last lust of fast there, kids, huh? No, you guys are great. I'm only give you a shit. But yeah, it catches up with you, right? Fucking, I, I think uh, I've always loved Witch King. And um, even though you guys got that, Sean, you got that weird crate guitar tone. It's all fuzzy and stuff. It's, it's fucking primitive. I'm into it. Um, I don't know. I, I've always been soft spot for uh, three-piece bands. I've always loved Rhode Island bands, and it's kind of the best of both worlds. Nobody else around here really does any, um, you know, that bestial, black death, whatever you want to call it, that overanalyzation of the genre. But it's it's fucking, you know, if you like Immolation, you probably like this band. What do you want me to say, right? Uh, Pucarist, they followed up with... Um, what was it? Uh, Christ, they're from Vermont. I think they. Were, I don't think they was doing a tour or nothing like that. But uh, Mr. Nate Pellerin was the promoter that night, and naturally his band gets on there. Yeah, but they're well worth it. I think they're a killer band. If you like Sacrifagio, do I even say that right? Sacrifagio, Sacrifagio. I don't fucking know. Fucking uh, <laughs> the Brazilian band, you know. Fucking um, where's the sarcophago? Which one is it? I always get yelled at for saying that fucking band name. I don't give a fuck. But yeah, you like it. It's fast, loud, dirty shit, right? Fuck it. Everybody loves that. And uh, Pucarist is well worth your time if you want to hear 14 songs blasted off in 30 minutes. A lot of vomit, vomiting, blood, Christ, all that shit in between. Fucking worth your time. 
well, probably my favorite new uh, Vermont band right now. I like Chalice a lot, but I mean, Pucarus is the active band. They kind of got the crown right now. So yeah, awesome band. Blessed Off All, they made their return. Fucking brilliant fucking death metal band. Uh, Ross and Marcus got uh, Andrew and uh, Steve in there. Fucking backing them up now. Steve's on guitar, one of the one of the great bass players of uh, of our region. Steve Smith onto the guitar now. Fucking just outstanding set, honestly. Was, uh, and Mr. Andrew too on the bass. Uh, Frontman for Sangus, who's now incorporated the bass into his repertoire. Uh, it was a great lineup. I've seen Bless It Off all, all throughout the years, and um, it sounds weird, but they always get better. I mean, I kind of say that about a lot of bands, but I, I just really appreciate that style and what they're doing. And I was really fucking happy. I am happy to see that they're back. Uh, they have a four-song album. I've had the pleasure of hearing that is fucking incredible. I think they've uh, dropped a couple tracks online. You could probably check out. So that was cool to see them because uh, they don't play all the time at all. And uh, the Angel Corpse thing was kind of like the best time for it. Uh, Angel Corpse was sick. Fucking, it was an all-out war. Probably one of the most intense fucking sets I've seen, um, honestly, since Venom Incorporated, which ironically, well, not even ironically, it was that once too. I mean... That club's awesome. It, <laughs> you know, fucking people can kind of just fucking be their thing there, and, you know, it just works out. But Angel Corpse is fucking on fire. Fucking, um, I saw them 10 years ago at the Middle East. That was the infamous show with uh, Vontaine and Notch Mischium. Was, uh, if you were in the attendance that night, um, this was at the Middle East upstairs. 10 years ago, uh, Vontaine threw all the blood and shit everywhere. It was like, you know, pig's blood or something like that. Well, if you've ever been to the Middle East in Cambridge, it's actually a well-known uh, Middle Eastern restaurant. So all this pig's blood was tossed to me, uh, <laughs> you know, like five or ten feet away from where the kitchen door opens up. So, you know, let's just say nobody on that tour package got paid that night. It was quite the controversy at the time. But it was certainly a legendary show. Uh, but I thought this Angel Corp set was better. I've only seen them twice. I missed them prior to that. There was, there was always a lore about uh, they did that tour with, like, Immortal... Um, Warbit Angel probably, Christian, something like that, right? Um, but they played everything that you would want to hear. Um, I mean, well, there's a lot of other stuff I would. I mean, I, I'm very partial to Hammer of Gods and um, Exterminate. Inexorable, I think, is a fucking flawless record. Um, but I like John Longstrength a little bit more than Tony Loreno. And uh, the, the first two Angel Corpse albums are really loose. I think they're a little bit, uh, I won't say fun up, but they're just like easier to fucking kind of enjoy because uh the inexables fucking goddamn that's one of the most intense fucking death metal albums ever it's it's flawless but it's not exactly a casual album um but yeah fucking that floor was slippery as fuck i have i mean because it's literally if you've ever been the old vfw shows or k uh, knights of columbus shows those heavily waxed floors there's beers everywhere and i <laughs> I lost track of how many people fell. It, it it seemed like there was a mere, you know, 50 falls at least. Uh, Marcus, Marcus broke his fucking ankle, I think. Fucking, I seen a picture of him talking about it. I think Mr. Pellegrin fell on him. Fucking horrific injury for a drummer. Fucking broken ankle after you play. Cheers. Fucking, fucking painful. Painful. Fucking, but everybody's just fucking <laughs> flopping and falling everywhere. It was like ever since, as soon as they played Lord of the Funeral Pyre, it just fucking erupted. It was insane. Um, yeah, yeah, dude, fucking that. Honestly, probably instantly, probably one of my favorite sets of the decade. And uh, I was so happy to see that go down. I was so happy. Angel Corpse rules. Uh, they played as a four piece that night. Gene Gene uh, Publicki was there. I was actually looking at some pictures. Uh, I was considering going to Las Vegas Death Fest because I really wanted to see Angel Corpse and Broder Quinn, a few other bands. But it appeared like um, it appeared like Angel Corpse played as like a three piece after this. Like they they weren't really they weren't even playing with uh, Gene. They got this dude uh, Francisco Pongo who's playing drum uh, more guitar with them. So uh, interesting, interesting. I'm happy I got to see them in that setting uh, around the uh, the maniacs that were there. Fucking, uh, I hope I, we get to see Pete Helmkamp again. I think, uh, he's, he's one of the fucking, as a bass player and like, you know, a partial singer at times, I think he's like, <laughs> he's on my short list of influences. Like, literally, top five for me. Like, Phil Len uh, Lennett, like, he's like up there, you know, bass player, singers, it's, you know, he's just got that presence. And, uh, 
a fucking evil looking bastard. What can I say? Fucking, it's it's just an awesome band. I love. I've always loved Angel Corpse. It was one of the first fucking American death metal, black metal bands I really ever fell in love with. And uh, sad to see him go. Oh, whatever. Maybe they'll be back. Maybe not. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, a few days after that, went back to once. Again, two times in one one week. Fucking uh, got the. Let me, let me set the table here. I got a little lemon haze. I got a C two. Goratory. Oh fuck yeah, Goratory. I love Goratory. One of my all time uh, favorite bands. Not just for the music, but for the people, the friendship, the camaraderie. <laughs> A uh, big part of my uh, personality and even identity as a musician is uh, fucking attributed to Goratory and the years spent fucking uh, being around them. Uh, first band I ever met at the Framingham Space. First dudes from Ashland I ever hung out with, which when a kid growing up in Woodville or Hopkinton like I did, you didn't really hang out with Ashland kids because people... <laughs> People have, like, weird fucking football fucking team grudges and shit that apparently makes us, like, Israel and Palestine. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, what can I say? It's like, it was, you know, I love those dudes. And um, I've been uh, real fucking happy to know them this long. And, you know, I put out that tape, the Sexual Intercorps tape on, on my label, Time One Records. And uh, that release in particular was a, a massive part of my motivation to start the label because I love that album and I always just thought I wanted to hear it on tape. So what am I going to say? Fucking slowing down, getting all emotional, talking about Goratory. Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, this lineup, though, is... Uh, I wouldn't call it the classic, um, but it's probably the best lineup they've ever had. Let's be realistic. Uh, it was the Rice on Suede lineup with, of course, Adam and Alan, the uh, iconic... Vocalist, guitarist, duo, combo, so to say. Uh, was pretty much been the main factor, uh, contributing factor in members of the bands for um, as long as they've been a band. Uh, and then you got Zach Pappas, who was a former guest on Direct Input, going back to the early fucking episodes. Christ, episode five or six, somewhere around there, he was there. Definitely check that out. Great friend of mine, master bass player, one of my biggest influences. So it was always cool to see him fucking playing his fucking nasty six-string fan fret fucking custom ESP bass. Fucking things retarded. Fucking. <laughs> and then you got Mr. Dildo Darren. Um, fucking the Connecticut fucking phenom, prodigy, whatever you want to call the world record holder. Darren, you still got the world record for, for your feet? I can't remember if he has a world record for his feet. That of Derek Roddy was working on it. Can't remember. Um, Darren, fucking absolute fucking uh, maniacal drummer. Uh, you, you might be familiar also with his work in Pellery. He also played in Asus for uh, an album or two. Definitely toured with them for some years. I think he might have been involved with that accident as well. Uh, kind of, I won't say he left the scene. Just, you know, kind of dropped out of the whole touring thing for a minute. Uh, if you've ever worked with Darren or, or seen his drum set, it's literally like 26, 28 fucking pieces. It's, you know, it's something that will make, you know, Neil Peart blush, you know. Fucking, uh, it's just, it's a massive, massive drum set. That is a pain in the dick to set up every night. <laughs> Man needs to get paid. And uh, so, yeah, you know, they're doing the Gore Tour again. And uh, we saw them at Hartford Deaf Fest. Another big reason we went down there was to check that out. Um... The one set was way better than Hartford. They played a little bit longer, but the sound was just so much better. And um, uh, it was, they played some older stuff. You know, they did fucking Into the Grinding Machine, a song from the first album that I've never even heard live. Um, they did Infant Skin Suitcase uh, with Evan Duplissy, who fucking jumped up there. Fucking, uh, I mean, I haven't heard that track in like, I've been like 17 years. <laughs> <laughs> like 2000 was the last time I heard that song. Ah, <laughs> hey, what do you want me to do? I'm a nostalgic bastard. It's it was just odd hearing. It, it wasn't odd. It was just like a real trip being in that venue that night because there was a lot of people I hadn't seen in probably at least 10 years on several occasions. And they have them all there together. It was it was reminiscent of 
of a lot of the segment shows I went down back in the day. Um, it was just, it was a fucking positive thing, man. <laughs> it wasn't like, it wasn't like, it was MDF weekend too. So I think the draw kind of took a hit with that, honestly, because there was, there would have been probably another 50, 100 diehards there that were at MDF to begin with, who just would have been there for that. Um, but overall, it's, you know, the Goratory, you know, ethos, in my opinion, has never really been about fucking death metal. It's about having a good time. It's about, you know, listening to James Brown and fucking <laughs> dancing. I mean, like, that's the way the parties went. When, and when Goratory stopped playing at Jam Space, you know, it was James Brown, Rick James, and, and shit like that, you know, sitting around dance. Fucking a bunch of hippie kids playing Duff Muddle. <laughs> oh, fucking. It's fucking offensive. It's offensive to some of you people out there, huh? Oh, what a horrific idea. Hippies playing Duff Muddle. But what are you going to do? They're fucking creative. They're a fun loving bunch. And, you know, in the end, that's what being a band's about. Fucking it's having a good fucking time. I don't care who you are. You wouldn't enjoy it if you didn't fucking do it. So, um, yeah, I love Goratories. I'm stoked to see that back. I really hope that they're going to play some more shows. Uh, I don't want to fucking be like some sort of press secretary, but maybe I'll hint that there might be something new on the way. I don't know much about it, but I heard a rumble or two. Okay, I'll keep you in the loop. All right. Uh, nasty band. And it's a nasty lineup. I, I'm really actually anxious to, to fucking see what they do next because uh, I love Goratory. How many more times do you want me to say that? Huh? Huh? Jesus Christ. All right. Well, how much more do you want me to ramble here? You've been here for like 35 fucking minutes already? Jesus. All right. Well, I'll try to wrap this up for you. I t the shows are a little bit easier to talk about. I, frankly, sitting here talking about albums and movies is kind of its own thing. Uh, you know, uh, not everybody's going to be in the albums the same way as I am. Let's just put it that way. Well, let me hit this shit. Oh, real quick about sports. I usually try to get the sports. Watching a ton of MMA. Uh, the Kazuchi, uh, what's his name? Fucking, you know, Sakuraba. The Sakuraba fucking Gracie fucking matches is what I've been all over lately. And I'm fascinated by it. Fa absolutely fascinated by um, the mid 90s shit. Pancras, fucking um, Pride, all that shit. Going back in time a little bit. Um, I don't know. I'm just really into MMA lately. Um. And fuck the Penguins. I, I'll never respect Pittsburgh Penguins. I'll, I'll respect the city of Pittsburgh. I'll respect the Steelers. I will respect the Pittsburgh Pirates. Um, but fuck the Penguins. Fuck the Penguins all day long. And I'll never root for uh, Sid the, uh, Crosby there. The Squid. Right? Fucking, um, I'll, I'll never root for that guy. Uh I don't even, like, dislike him. It's just, it's like the superpower. What the fuck? You know? Like, you gotta... <laughs> this is a fucking underdog uh, society for the most part, you know? I don't want to just take, you know... I don't know. It's kind of like rooting for Trump at this point. Oh. Of course he's gonna win. Fucking, it's all in his favor. Fucking Sid the Squid. He sucks. Anyways. Um, he's actually the best player in the world and arguably one of the greatest next to Gretzky. Probably the best of the century, but... Nah, he sucks, though. <laughs> Fuck him. <laughs> All right, so some albums I got. Um, I got to post a picture because I can't remember half the crap I got. And uh, it's about halfway through the year. And uh, there's uh, in about three months' time, everybody's going to be a, an expert on what's the best of the year. What's the best of the year? Oh, here's what. And people are going to list, like, 50 fucking albums. Like, they've obviously had 50 albums. Like, the time... <laughs> To sit there and digest 50 albums over fucking, you know, 35 weeks of the year just blows my mind. Because when I get into shit, I get into shit. And I just, you know, it's not really a casual thing. Like, I really get into it. It's like, you know, just you listen to it more than once. You listen to it maybe. That's all I listen to, you know. So this is some of the stuff I've been like. Uh, I really haven't broken out of this chain too much. Most of it's new, actually. Um, but there's some older stuff that I finally got that I... Uh, forgot about I just didn't have time for I mean the first thing being I got that tax return you know got that nice April fucking May tax return right I bought every single Bath Mitz Blood album on, on vinyl 
Fucking, that was awesome. That's still awesome. I haven't even hooked up my record player since I moved here, but I needed those albums. And I, I got them all on tape, too, because Bathmet's Blood is so fucking cool, they don't put anything out on CD. <laughs> fucking, so, you got to fucking... I got both albums, every format. I, I have, like, another EP over there, which um, it's not available on tape. However... All the all four full links are now in my possession on both media formats, so I'm I'm stoked stoked about that. Um, what else do I got here? Necro Blood, Necro Blood. How, why wasn't that band name taken after all these years? Necro Blood, one word, boom. Iron Bonehead Records out of Germany is probably my favorite record label at the moment. I pretty much will take anything that that dude uh, will get will put out. Um, I mean, I obviously listen to it. I just like these labels that are kind of all over the place. Iron Bonehead has the balls to uh, do different things, but they're all awesome. It's really heavy, brutal, fucking death metal. Then you got your fucking black metal. Then they do some fucking heavy metal or some shit. I don't know. You know, it's... They just get it. They just get guys like me. You know, it's just everything I kind of want to hear. Um, there's no real trickery with their albums. I don't think you're really going to hear much triggered stuff. Um... I don't know. There's a bunch of releases off that, but that Necroblood album, this uh, this band from France, is uh, just one of my favorite things I've heard. It's that whole they call it the bestial black metal. I fucking hate that term. I mean, it's basically like it's just like fucking duff metal, but it's kind of like I guess it's dumb enough that it's sort of like black metal. It's not like black metal's dumb, but it's just like minimalistic, you know? And just like I don't know. You get to hear the blast beats. It's not like super fast and stuff like that. I don't know. I, I, I don't really want to preach to you about the whole best you. I'm not no fucking expert about these subgenifications of metal and all that. But uh, eh, what, what do you want me to say? I love this Necroblood album. It's It's got some groove in it. It's heavy as fuck. It's just evil. It's called The Collapse of Mankind. It makes me think about Graham Hancock and Randall Carlson uh, podcast with Joe Rogan. <laughs> um, I'm reading a book right now called Earth and Upheaval by uh, Emmanuel Velikovsky, which is uh, pretty cool. It talks about our planet absorbing multiple uh, floods and mass extinction events and such. So, you know, Echo Blood, The Collapse of Mankind. That's a perfect album for my mood with that whole thing. <laughs> Not a very optimistic climate out there. Fucking whether it be climate control or uh, 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 climate change or, or uh, the political climate, you know, it's, it is what it is. It's fucking horrific. I, I first, um, actually, I found the um, Necroblood. They were on that compilation. It's called We Are French. Fuck you. All right? I just finally got this compilation. It's a double comp. Every band's from France. It's, like, all death metal. Something like fucking 24 bands, I think, maybe. It's, like, 12, 12 per disc. Check that out if you get a chance. We Are French. Fuck you. <laughs> just search that. I go to the metal detector. You usually get those things over there. Um... Yeah, I mean, like, I've always been kind of a sucker for certain scenes, and I like the French bands. Uh, they're well-known for a lot of black metal in the mid-'90s. However, uh, past decade, they really had a good good presence with some uh, some death metal stuff. Necro Wrench, Skeletal, love Skeletal. I still got to check out that new album. I know it's going to be on here for the next update. Um, but, yeah, Necro Blood was on that comp. Check them out. Do that double one, like 12 bucks. Nuclear War Now, I think, maybe. Might even have a sale. Another Iron Bonehead album I loved was called Cult of Ebon. Or Eben. Eben. What the fuck do you... E-I-B-O-N. Cult of Eben. I don't know. They're a Greek band. They sound like Rotting Christ. If you're a big fan of Rotting Christ, you like your, your Thy Mighty Contracts and all that, pick up this album. It's awesome. They got a drum machine. It's one of the cleanest, most pristine drum machines I've ever heard. Really good programming, um, just awesome riffs, great atmosphere, some keys in there. It's an EP, so a th EP are full, like somewhere around there. It's like five songs with two intros and out, you know, like an intro outro type thing. Um, yeah, man, I get I get in a, in a vibe with that and just fucking zone out to the little cult of Ebon or Eben, what the fuck you guys call that shit? Jesus Christ, I'm never. <laughs> He's fucking. What am I to talk? You know, fucking. We named our album "Mechanisms of Omniscience." Fucking. It sounds like, fucking. It's just fucking a disaster of fucking uh, of syllables on my fucking horrific mouth over here. Uh, another album I loved was on Profound Lore. Um, uh, um, fucking artificial brain. Fucking Long Island. Long Island. 
Addy Brain Kid. Fucking one of the most technical death metal, death metal things I've heard in, in, in a while because um, it's... <laughs> They're cool, dude. Fucking, it's like, <laughs> it reminds me sort of like these like really cool paths of fucking like Gorgoth's Obscura um, from Wisdom to Hate. Like just these weird fucking bizarre like mid fucking range fucking techniques of playing um, that just remind me of Steve Hurdle um, from Gorgoth's. I don't know. If you have, have you ever spent time with uh, the Obscura album by the band Gorgoth's? Gorgats from Quebec, fucking worth your time because uh, it it made this album a reality. I think this artificial brain thing's nasty. It's really fast. It's super technical like that. It's got that mid range thing, but then the vocals is like this fucking ultra guttural fucking like real sort of monotone fucking shit, which is just killer fucking because it's like like so like un like predictable. Like no other band like that. Like, they could probably sound like that with some screamo kid, and it would be so much fucking different. And I just think that they're so fucking cool, this artificial brain. Fucking, the new album, I, I gotta tell you, I think you should listen to it on headphones. Because there's some shit going on with that that is retarded. Like, they do these pans from the fucking speakers and all that. Like, this, uh, man, I, I'm just telling you, you gotta hear this album on headphones. There's some real genuine atmosphere, um... Actually, the dude from, from Gorgots, Colin Maston there. Wasn't he in, like, Behold the Architect too, Something like that. One of the other bands. I forgot. Um, another, you know, he's a real technical dude, you know? Fuck, he knows what he's doing. It, it's, this is, I'm telling you, this is one of the coolest, like, death metal albums I think you're going to hear this year. Artificial Brain. Um, what the hell is it called? Fucking, I don't even have it in front of me. <laughs> Infrared Horizon. Infrared Horizon. Fucking, so, yeah, that's the shit. That's the shit. Fucking uh, definitely get that. Uh, moving on here. Uh, another new one that came out. Condor. Uh, sorry, fellas. Not the Chile band. Not the band from Chile. Um, that's coming here July 1st. I think it's July 1st. They're going to be here. <laughs> With fire. That's Condor. Um, that's a doom metal band. This is Condor from Norway, which is uh, thrash metal the way I like it. A lot of trills. A lot of hammers. Uh high mid range sort of shit, punchy. Uh it's not really heavy because it's just aggressive. It it, it reminds me a lot of fucking whiplash. Um just fucking memorable songwriting, great vocals, everything. Dude, I love this album. I love this album. It's harsh. It's very harsh. I played a couple tracks at Ralph's over the PA and it was super fucking hissy. I won't I won't lie on that. It's it's another one too where you might want to listen to in the headphones, but I'm telling you, it's probably my favorite thrash album of the year. I don't think anything else can top this one because I don't know. I'm all over that. I'm all over that shit. Uh, the Cabolton Thr- Thrashers Union, right? That's the Norwegian thing. They're from Doc uh, Doc hometown. You like your Def Hammer, Meons Hill, Necromantia. I think you know bands like that. You know Aranor stuff like that, dude. You're gonna love this. You're gonna love this. Condor. Um, yeah, I can't remember that album title either. <laughs> Fucking hack. <laughs> All the shit's up on my Bandcamp page. You can check me up, follow me that way. It's actually the best way to do it. I love Bandcamp. Uh, another one I got off of Bandcamp. This is coming out soon. I'm telling you right now, it's already one of my favorites. Kultva, the German band. It's got like three brothers in it from Germany. Doing like total fucking like Tom G. Warrior type first wave shit. Get on that. There's three singles out there now. And... um I got the pre-order, so I got that stuff coming to me. I can't really talk too much. Another quick short album. Um, I finally got around to picking up. That I listened to a ton as soon as I got it. Four Song Banger from um, Nocturnal Cultal. The uh, the Gift of Gods album entitled Receive. I love that album. I, I think that's worth everybody's time. It's uh, just real simple fucking riff bass, heavy metal, fucking driving a car type shit. Fucking... <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it reminded me kind of like if you're into like fucking like your fucking early Danzig stuff, like your Twisted Cane, even like your Dirty Black Summer, there's like riffs like that. And I don't know, dude, you got to hear it. It's Nocturnal Cold, though. Peaceful put it out. Might be kind of hard to, um, to pick up these days. I actually think I got that from Amazon. Um, metal, uh, Miami Metal Merchant might be, uh, in stock with that. That dude's pretty good. He's got a lot of stuff. Um, but yeah. 
Nocturnal Cultals Gift of Gods. That's like the official catalog name. It's like Nocturnal Cultal Apostrophe S. Gift of Gods. So the band's actually called Gift of Gods, but they, the catalog states as Nocturnal Cultals, fucking for whatever reason. And the album's called Receive, Four Star and Banger, some real epic shit in there. I love it. Fucking get that in your fucking ears, will ya? Uh, the last one I'll bring up, uh, Blind Purchase, Nuclear War Now. Been listening to a lot of Spanish stuff. Um, not just Spanish stuff, but like, you know, metal song in Spanish particularly, like, you know, stuff from South America. Um, but a lot of the Spanish stuff, of you know, Sacrificio, of course, and Baron Rojo and all that, you've been... Checking in with me on these podcasts, you know I'm into that crap. My crap, will fucking, you know what I mean. Uh, but this one band from Spain is called Anicris. Anicris. Anic. I don't know fucking know how you say this. Fucking the name of the album is uh, La Caverna de Fuego. That means the cave of fire, <laughs> or the fire cave. Either way, nasty fucking album. Eleven tracks. Equinox this. Equinox Discos. I don't know. I got it from Nuclear War now. I take a sh- uh, you know a chance on stuff, and uh, I thought the cover art looked sick, and uh, it was uh, it's it's just nasty uh, kind of like second generation sort of well refined uh, duff metal with chops, a lot of tasty licks, a lot of uh, whammy bad dives, nothing too guttural, just straight to the point, fucking killer atmosphere, and Nicarus. On Ani Rikurus. I can't fucking say it. It's something better with a Spanish accent. I'm telling you that right now. Jesus Christ. Let's stick this crap up in the fucking, uh, in the, in the little thread for you so you can check in on that. Um, I don't really have much to say about movies, believe it or not. I haven't watched too many. I, you know, lately I've been watching a lot of documentaries, and I watch a documentary the first time, and then every night after I'll watch it like once. You know, so I'll end up watching like five nights in a row or some shit. Um, they're all on Netflix right now. Ruby Ridge, uh, worth your time. Kind of want to read the Turner Diaries to see what all the hype's about right now. <laughs> Cause uh, that le- I, I get all hung up on the Ruby Ridge thing, and um, that led to watching Oklahoma City, which uh, Tim McVeigh was all bent out of shape after reading uh, the Turner Diaries, and you know observing Ruby Ridge and that chain of events go down back in the mid-90s. And eventually the whole powder keg reaches a a boiling point with uh, Waco, Texas, which is uh, the Koresh fucking uh, facility with all them, that whole catastrophe down there. Fucking horrible. Um, But yeah, so those two documentaries on Netflix, Ruby Ridge and the other is Oklahoma City. I just, I watched those like once a night for like two weeks in a row or some shit. Took it all in. Not much more to say about it. It's fucking sad. It's depressing. Trying to understand fucking how uh, the political climate is what it is right now in this country. It's a fucking mess. And uh, I don't know. They're saying there's like 500 fucking militias in America right now. That's like 10 every state. <laughs> it's like you know. It's like how many others are. I, I don't know. I don't know what how they keep track of this stuff. I don't read the Southern Poverty Law Center or any of that stuff. And, um, you know, we've talked about Antifa on here with uh, Legion's Descent, and they've, you know, provided an interesting perspective on uh, that whole situation with Antifa. Um, but I don't know. I'm not here to really comment necessarily on what's right or wrong about that whole fucking thing. But um, just trying to get an understanding on, um, you know, the way people are motivated through their actions these days. Another great doc that kind of led to this was... Um, was uh, I'm, I'm like loading up on the ums right now. Jeez, I'm like ran out of gas here. Get me Roger Stone. Have you seen that on Netflix? Check that one out. It's uh, it's pretty heavy because it completely reveals the Donald Trump machine being a product of of Roger Stone, who ultimately is responsible for creating that swamp like atmosphere of lobbyists, pay-to-play lobbyist type shit in, in Washington. Um, and this goes back to, like, the 1980 campaign with Reagan. You know, after they got Reagan in there, him, Paul Manafort, um, the other guy, Black. What the hell's that guy's name? Black, Manafort, and Stone. You know, look the stuff up. It's all out there. Um, ultimately, you know, these dudes made a lot of money lobbying and, and, and convincing the president that, 
you know, they do a good job because they did they did a phenomenal job. But you should see this because there's a lot of reminiscent techniques and tactics and phrases even uh, that were used by Reagan uh, that the Trump campaign it just being it was part of the mantra, the the dogma of the campaign, the whole lock it up thing came from uh, Roger Stone. So lock her up, so to say. So it's pretty interesting to check out. It was I watched that thing several times over and over and over again. So get me Roger Stone on Netflix. Worth your time. Definitely worth your time. Um, the last one I checked out, which really blew my mind, was uh, another documentary on Netflix entitled The 7-5. That's the word, 7 and 5. The 7-5. That's named after the 75th Precinct in New York City. And it's about these corrupt cops that ended up like literally providing protection for a drug cartel in um, that precinct. And this cartel was, you know, they were just slinging coke out of like a, a convenience store back in the day or whatever. So it's like 80, I want to say 84 to 88, these dudes were in operation pretty much. <laughs> so... Uh, the case was pretty high profile. It, it's you know every news national agency you know like Datelines in 2020s was reporting on it. Uh, I mean the cop, this cop Michael Dowd ended up testifying. It's pretty, pretty impressive testimony. It's pretty striking. You know it's all New York shit, but these guys were responsible for providing protection for a cartel that you know was making like 300 mil a year off of cocaine and. Uh, you know, it's, it was fucking intriguing. <laughs> I mean, they'd be fucked with everybody, like, you know, arresting the competition, tipping them off when the cops are coming. It was kind of like, you know, even like uh, the potted, even like that, like, it, you know, shades of that, so to say. Um, but, yeah, eventually they get caught and the whole thing turns to fucking hell. But it, it's it's a captivating documentary. Uh, you know, I'm up here in Massachusetts and these New York cops just hearing them all fucking talk <laughs> I can that kills me that's a, that's an absolute riot to me at times welcome to the land of fuck <laughs> like, yes <laughs> I can I can I can listen to that all day and just be entertained about anything fucking those fucking New York accents at times Speaking of New York, that's where we're going this weekend. Defenders of the Old Festival down at the Williamsburg Music Hall. That's going to be Sarah Fungal's first ever show in the history of the band playing out in New York City, or let alone the East Coast, I think. Fuck. Sarah Fungal. Uh, you heard me talk about them in uh, Frost and Fire. We did an episode about that back in uh, October of 2016. Whole review up there on SoundCloud for you to check out. Amazing band. We're also going to be seeing them with uh, Bitch. Like their first ever show in New York too or some shit. <laughs> it's like 30 years later. It's their first ever show out here. It's like the whole first generation of Metal Blade bands like showing up. Nasty Savage is going to be the Friday headliner too. So that's a whole other thing. I'm excited to hear that. Uh, the Nasty Ronnie interview is something we actually talked about that with Donald Taddy uh, with Obituary. Nasty Savage is like the original Tampa band. They were the original OG Florida band pretty much uh, for metal. And uh, Brian did a great interview with the singer because he talks all about being a wrestling manager. I think it was, um, it was like WCW, but then there was like a Florida league before that or whatever they was in. I, I don't fucking know. It was a great episode. I love that episode. So it's going to be cool to see Nasty Savage. Like, tear shit up. They used to, like, smash TVs on stage and shit. <laughs> I'm curious. This. Back then, it was all tube TVs that actually would kind of blow up. And nowadays, it's just going to be, like, some sort of, like, fucking flat screen massacre. You know? <laughs> it's not as exciting. <sighs> but, yeah. I'm sure I'll have some fucking um, stories to tell about Defenders of the Old. Um... Yeah, Stone Dagger is actually playing at uh, St. Vitus for the after-party show. S tickets are still available. They're very limited. Uh, but it's the first ever debut of Stone Dagger. And if you're familiar with um, you know, Magic Circle or um, The Rival Mob, Innumerable Forms, many of the great bands that those dudes are involved with, uh, you most likely would know about Stone Dagger. Uh, I was fortunate enough to put out their tape on the label. And I'm actually happy to report. Big announcement. Do a fucking drum roll. 
Look at the cat. Do a fucking drum roll. Oh, he doesn't give a fuck. He don't give a fuck. So like, what the fuck are you talking to me? Boom. Drum roll. Here it is. Stone Dagger. They're going to have new tapes out. They're going to have 150 copies on white shells. And they'll be a, they should be available at the show. As long as the plant in New York fulfills their obligation. Stone Dagger is going to have these tapes for sale at the show. So if you're there, be sure to pick one up. The first one was on black. It was a black shell. It was 200 copies worldwide. And this edition is 150 on white worldwide. Stone Dagger. The Siege of Jerusalem. Fucking awesome two-song demo. Check that out. You can buy it on Bandcamp. Stone Dagger. I think Electric Assault Records has the uh, the parent page for that one. Uh, Henry, of course, is putting together the Defenders of the Old Festival. Cheers, sir. Cheers to you. Um, and then my release will be up on the Store Envy page for Time One Records. That's Time One. One word. All right? Records. Um, okay, so real quick, let's wrap this up. Three shows before the end of June I'm definitely going to be at. Let's go hang out. Let's have a beer. Let's fucking uh, do whatever's clever. Take a walk outside. Do that thing. Have a ritual about it. Whatever you want to call it, right? Smoke pot. <laughs> June 15th at Ralph's Churchburn. They're coming up here. I don't think I've ever seen Churchburn at Ralph's. I don't think I've ever seen that happen. I can't remember the last time I saw Churchburn, to be honest. Dave Suzuki's band with Skinny Ray. Doom Metal. Awesome. You like the neoclassical solos from The Christian Eyes? Get on down. Dawn of the Apocalypse is a better Vital Remains album, too, by the way. That's that's critically underrated. Some of you guys hate it, but Dawn of the Apocalypse is sick. All right, but anyways, fucking Church Burn. They're playing with um, Def Cult from Illinois. It might be Chicago, to be uh, to be precise. So never uh, never uh, seen them live before. That's going to be cool to check out. And then Ramius is going to be appearing. So that's a three-band show this Thursday at Rouse, June 15th. Should be a good one. The following week, got a big one coming up here. Kill. The band Kill from Sweden will be headlining. Might be, uh, in fact, their first show on a upcoming U.S. tour that they're doing. I think they're ending the tour down uh, for Destroying Texas Fest, which is going down another few weeks. Big festival, a lot of bands playing that, obviously. Uh, but yes, Kill will be at Ralph's with Matavor. Fucking stoked to see Matavor back. Holy shit. Fucking guys, uh, been through a lot. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers to Mount of War. Of course, I mean, these fellows have lost the lead singer. Um, you know, obviously a fucking untimely death. And uh, they've been through hell with the drummer who's been fucking uh, all fucked up with heroin. So um, to see them back, to say the least, is fucking thrilling because they're one of the most badass fucking bands in New England. The fucking, probably my favorite New Hampshire band. And, um,. It's been too long. It's fucking tragic uh, just that that band doesn't fucking come down here more because they're, like, the best fucking dudes. They're the best fucking dudes. Love that band. So, yeah. Fucking Pucarus will be also appearing on that show. Fucking, uh, yeah, you heard me talk about them earlier, Angel Corpse. They, they rule. They're from Vermont. And then Psycho. Psycho will be here. Legendary Grindcore band with Johnny and Charlie. The fellas uh, used to back up uh, Gigi Allen. We've probably told stories about them, I hope. So, yeah, Psycho's a great band. That's a good bill. June 22nd at Ralph's Metal Thursday. Kill, Matavor, Pucarist, and Psycho. Going to be a good time. And the last show I'd like to plug for the month of June is Gorgots coming up at the Brighton Music Hall. Speaking about them earlier, referencing them to Artificial Brain and how awesome Artificial Brain, this is their whole approach to songwriting and playing the guitar is. So much of that is owed to Gorgots, one of the uh, original death metal bands from Canada, let alone one of the most important Quebecois bands of all time, Gorgots. Uh, they're going to be appearing... They were supposed to be with Defeated Sanity, but Defeated Sanity dropped because of uh, immigration issues. Go figure. Huh. guess uh, the president doesn't really want to make it easier for artists from other countries to come here and talk to us. Huh. Interesting. I didn't see that coming. Huh. 
Bacterial Husk will be playing, as well as Garroted. Two of the best bands around. Bacterial Husk, if you haven't heard them yet, they're, uh, they're like Sexcrement. And I know this because I was in Sexcrement. It sounds like Mark and Evan wrote Granny Training Midget Fetish ten times over again. Because that's what that is. And that's a good thing. Because that's a great song. As Sexcrement was and is an amazing band. Always will be. Bacterial Husk is probably, uh, I think, the big, uh, the big to get right now in the city, in my opinion. I think they're drawing the best. They get the best buzz about them. So it's good to see them all out there doing their thing. Very exciting show. June 24th, Brighton Music Hall. Gorgots, Bacterial, Husk, and Garroted. There might be another band on there. Sorry, forgot my, uh, forgot that. I haven't really done too much prep work tonight. But when do I ever do prep work, right, Brian? <laughs> Here I am. Hour fucking five minutes. Jesus Christ. You got something better to do. What'd you do this whole time? Did you drive home? Huh? All right. Let me know how many times I said fuck. I, I'm sure it was a lot. I slipped in there with the yums towards the end. I gotta take more B12. Fucking shopping up. All right. All right, folks. Take care of yourself. Thanks for stopping by. Thanks for listening. Cheers. <laughs>